Hi, this is Steve Nerlich, and this is Steve's PhD, Episode 7, Halfway Through and Only Just Beginning. And so, at last, it's time. Behind me now are the Can I Start Yet thesis proposal review, the Smith et al. says this, Jones et al. says that, theoretical framework, and the OK, I promise not to use electrodes, Human Research Ethics Committee clearance. So yes, at last, it's time. Time to do some research. Which is actually a bit daunting. Here I am, running with this idea that we aren't getting enough STEM graduates, that science, technology, engineering and mathematics graduates. My proposition is that international study is at least part of the solution. Not so much by getting students from other countries in, as by sending Australian students out to get internationalised. And why? Well, why don't we just ask a STEM graduate? I was always quite academic, like I always got quite good grades and I, you know, found school quite easy. I studied hard and stuff like that. So I picked Mm -hmm. physics because I liked that one the most, I guess. What is it that you like about it? I think the big factor back then probably was the physics teacher at our school was amazing, like absolutely phenomenal. Um, A brilliant teacher, but also a really nice teacher as well. So he was not only like very effective in teaching people, but he was, everyone liked him and he was nice to students and stuff like that. So over the course of my year 11 and 12, my final two years of school, I I completely changed my plan to to study physics. So it was almost entirely down to him. He was Mm -hmm. such an awesome teacher that physics is what I want to do. So he was a, it was, yeah, basically down to my teacher. Did other people in the class react in the same way, do you think? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Probably not. Maybe. Um, I think every, we had a smallish class because it was an all-girls school with about 600 people. Mm-hmm. And so physics had about 13 people in my grade. But I think everyone there liked it because usually, you know, physics isn't terribly popular, that if everyone doing it was really enjoying it, at least he managed to convert people that much. I don't know whether he changed anyone else's mind to get them to actually study it beyond school. The literature would say that teachers are probably the most important influence on having people either wanting to pursue science or being completely put off it. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. I'm a very kind of logical person, so I like physics and maths because it's kind of right or wrong and it's very logical and I like knowing how things work and I like understanding things. And so that's why I like physics and maths. You don't really need to rote learn anything. Once you understand how maths works and, you know, a few physics, you know, simple physics rules, you can get given an equation and then you can just kind of figure it out and you can kind of just apply it to different scenarios. And I kind of like that. My brain sort of works like that. But I could sit there for hours and sort of figure out, you know, just think about, oh, but if the friction is that and then you're you're putting that there and you increase that, you know, I, I like logical stuff. So I guess that's why I like physics and maths. I know you were talking earlier you give the impression you think it's a little unusual. Is is that the case? And do other people react in that way to say, oh, it's, that's an unusual choice for a girl or something like that? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, it's like people from high school know me as someone who was just doing performing arts, so it's that that's unusual. So if I were to bump into a high school friend, most of them assume that I would have taken the 
career path of doing something with music or acting or something like that. That's just because that was what I was into, and that's what mm-hmm. I put more my time into. So, so that it's it's more so that, and I want to go in and do teaching in a couple of years. But I'm doing a lot of radio and TV stuff and journalism and media. You know, a lot of people I did my degree with, they grew up studying science, they grew up playing computer games and doing coding and sitting in the library, and then they will go on and do their PhD, etc. So I haven't really taken that course because I sort of studied part-time. I took a year off. I'm taking another year off now. I have no interest in doing research. I have no interest in computer games or coding. You know, everyone's different, obviously, and I'm stereotyping, but I'm not your stereotypical physics student. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I understand. So you're going to go on to do school teaching when you say teaching? Oh, good for you. High school teaching, yeah. And I guess that's the other thing. I wanted to be a teacher since about grade five. That was always the outcome for me. I never was interested in doing research. Probably in upper high school when I was doing physics, I thought, okay, physics and maths teaching, that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I always had that kind of goal in mind. Okay. I mean, it's somewhere where we need more people, I think, so it's good that you're heading in that way. Yeah, definitely. Do you think anything's changed in people's opinion of studying physics, studying science more generally in the last 10 years, say? I mean, it seems to be having a bit of a rebirth, perhaps. Do you think that's true? I don't know, because the reaction I get from people, I think, to be honest, I actually do generally think the Big Bang Theory has really improved people's image of Mm. people who study physics, because I get a lot of people, oh, cool, yeah, so you're like the Big Bang Theory. So I think people find it intimidating, but also interesting and intriguing. But I think a lot of people would never consider studying it themselves. So why do you think that it is? Why are people so reluctant to consider that path? I don't know. Um, Because it's hard or because it's sort of nerdy and boring? Or (laughs) what do you think? I don't know. Maybe a whole host of things. Um... Yeah, I, I think, well, you know, everyone usually only picks one thing that they want to actually go and pursue as a career, sometimes two, and obviously people change their minds. And for it to be that thing, it's got to stand out in some way, right? So you've either got to have studied a little bit, you know, in high school or whatever and have a great interest in it, or it has to be kind of known about to be a good career. Like, for example, a lot of people go into business, even though they've never done this sort mm. of thing before, just because they know, oh, it'll get me a job at the end. Or same with finance or or law or things like that. A lot of people have never had an actual connection with that kind of job, but they still study it at uni or pursue it as a career just because it's known that there's a job. So maybe, I don't know, I'm probably not an expert on this, but I would say that a big thing would be that people don't know what career they can get out of it. Mm. So you wear a lab coat if you study physics, right? That's the job you get. And I think a lot of people probably get scared by it. And a lot of people seem to be like, oh, I'm not smart enough to do physics. Um, So I guess maybe that kind of perception is out there. Mm. And maybe even if people have an interest in it, that doesn't necessarily mean they're interested enough to do a career. Like I can imagine quite a a large number of the population, if you were to say, oh, you know, there's a half-day course for free, I can imagine a lot of people would want to go along to that, be like, yeah, that'd be awesome, you know, talking about string theory and black holes and the Big Bang and stars and Mm. stuff like that. People love that stuff. And a lot of people would be willing to learn that and talk about that and et cetera, et cetera. But to actually do a physics degree, most people go, oh, that isn't what I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if people think that working in business and finance is all that interesting either. 
I suspect they think they'll get a better salary yeah. out of it. Yeah. Yes. I think I think that's it because I like a lot of people I have bumped into at uni. You know, they didn't know what they want to do. They kind of said, oh, I was sort of good at these kind of subjects. I have no idea what career I want to do. You know, I'm going to do business just because it's kind of, you know, business or law or economics or something like that because they go, it's kind of general. don't know what I want to do. I'll figure out what I want to do, but I'm pretty sure I'll get a job at the end of this that doesn't lock me into anything specific. So I don't think anyone's particularly passionate about it or really care about it as a career. It's kind of just something to do. Hmm, sure. Well, one thing I did notice, and I, I guess it's me sort of being more philosophical, is I was when I was in Sydney recently, I went to the Powerhouse Museum, I think it is, um, yeah. and kids, I've noticed that kids who are young love science, and then adults love science. So kids, when they're little, they love it because it's big and it's interesting and it's bright colours and it's, yeah, it's shiny. shiny and it's interesting and weird and it doesn't make sense and it's crazy. And then adults love it because they go, oh, isn't that interesting? Isn't that fascinating? You know, oh, that's how that works. Oh, you know, and, and but there's this gap in the middle that kind of older kids or teenagers think it's boring. And so I think mm. that's where we're going wrong, that mm. when kids are little, yep. they get to play with the interesting things of science, like making things explode and making things change colour. And that type of science, which is great and it's fun and it's interesting. But then somehow in the middle, science becomes boring and hard. And then again, in adulthood, it becomes interesting again. And so I think it's that mm. middle bit, which is when people choose what careers they want to take or what subjects they want to take in high school, when it becomes boring and dry and old and stuffy and difficult. And I think if we change that, then we'll get a lot more people thinking, science is cool, I'll do a degree in science. Awesome. Yeah. So you went to UQ? Yep. You know, I've got this interest in overseas study. Did you notice a lot of people maybe going off for a semester or something no, offshore? Actually, not anyone that I can – not a single person oh. <laughs> within physics or science. Um, I've got a lot of friends who did um, law and arts and politics and languages and that kind of thing, and a large number mm. of them studied overseas. But now that I think about it, not a single person who I know who did physics – or, or maths or science went overseas, mm. which is, I don't know, I guess that's a small sample, you know, our class was quite small. There were, we did have a few um, people studying here from overseas, one guy from Denmark on exchange for a year and then a few people doing their whole master's degrees over here. But, yeah, not a, no one from science that yeah. went over. Okay, get me worried now. I hope, <laughs> I hope someone is. Well, look, physics at UQ is quite small. Like, my class had about 20 people in it. So, you know, if you get people from other unis and doing, you know, more popular streams like biology or whatever, then you'll probably get a lot larger sample. But, yeah, so it's a smaller, it's a smaller sample. Hmm. So, so someone set up a, a study tour of the Large Hadron Collider. Is that something you would pursue if if you imagine yourself back being a student hang on you mean like they would send us over there yeah oh yeah i'd definitely do that i'd love to do that but um funding is probably the big thing yes i think you're um, right. because i know from friends who've done it i think the government gives you like a loan to study abroad mm-hmm. so you, you can sort of half fund it your trip overseas mm-hmm. but you know a, a trip like that say if there was a a two-week program where they take you around the large hadron collider and they get a tour and you get to meet the scientists I probably would love to go, but I probably couldn't afford it unless there was some kind of funding arrangement 
involved like there is for study abroad semesters. Mm. But in any case, you never heard of anything like that Not, from the sound of it? No, I never yeah. did. The only thing I did do is I did a summer research project in Melbourne. Um, one of our lecturers, who's actually the head of physics, was teaching us an astrophysics course, and he um, told us about a couple of different summer research projects that you could do. So I thought, you know, instead of doing this research project in Brisbane, where I live mm. and I know the professors and I know the uni, why not make it a bit of a holiday? So I did two and a bit months research at, at Swinburne Uni in Melbourne. So I guess that sort of almost counts. Yeah, totally. Uh, and, yeah, I wanted a bit of a change and try out a different uni, try out some different lectures. And also mm. that was, well, like better paid than the Brisbane one. <laughs> Cause they, sure. Yeah. Like it's a scholarship, so they offer you some money. And so... Um, the money they did, they paid for airfares, and then they could do a mm. weekly allowance and stuff. So, yeah. So you found that useful? Yeah, I really did, actually. I really enjoyed that. Um, I learned a lot about the research process, and all, and I already knew I didn't want to do research as a career, and that confirmed my suspicions that I didn't want to do research as a career. But even so, it really was beneficial um the project itself, learning how to write a paper, how to do that kind of, like how to analyse data and put it together for a paper and do your literature review and stuff like that um, and how the research process works. To do it. I actually really did benefit from being awake because I didn't know anybody there. They didn't know me. I didn't know how the system worked there. It's a different uni and it was interesting to see how that uni worked, how they did their research and mm. different people and, and different lectures and stuff. So... I was very glad I did it somewhere else. So I guess, yes, I did find that very beneficial. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> it's good <laughs> to know. <laughs> but you're working in science, like science generally, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. But physics is certainly a, a core science thing. So everyone says the real problems are loss of interest in physics, chemistry and maths, mm. which is sort of the, those core um, traditional science-y things. Lots of people are still doing medicine and mm. uh, psychology, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. but uh, not, not the old traditional sciences so much. I really do think it's probably to do with the, the career thing. But with medicine, you know you're going to get a job and you know what job. Yes. With psychology, to some extent, the same thing. Um, and I guess biology often leads on to, to medicine research or medicine or, you know, it, it's a little more clear-cut what you can do with it and that you will get a job, whereas physics, unless people do actually ask the questions, they just imagine they're going to be like Einstein. They're going to be a crazy professor sitting in a room. Right now, <laughs> with bad hair. Yeah, exactly. Like People yeah. just have no idea what yeah. career you can get. Um, and so I think that is a, and, and yeah, that's what I'm discovering and, and from reading the things I, I'm reading is just people's knowledge of the careers you can get with the pure sciences like maths and physics and I guess chemistry to, to some extent as well. People just have mm. no idea that there are jobs mm. at the end of it and that's actually quite broad, the jobs you can get with a science degree, that you don't have to be a scientist. You can work in industry and business and communication and teaching and um, software and IT and, you know, all sorts of things with, mm. you know, these degrees. And I, I, I honestly think that's the biggest thing that is stopping people pursuing these things. And maybe it's that, like you said earlier, and like I said, you know, if they don't have a science teacher in high school, then they're going to not like science. So you need to have good science teachers 
who know about careers in science and who can inspire people to study science because otherwise they'll just get turned off it as being boring and yeah. hard. Yeah. I think that's the big thing. People think it's hard. Like, the, yeah. oh, I'm too dumb for it. But it's like, no, you're not. It's it's not. Like, it is hard, but you're more than capable kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, good. To me, this is sort of gap that someone has to put a bridge across where you've got all these people saying, oh, this future crisis coming where no one's doing science mm-hmm. and hence we're going to have no teachers, the economy's going to go bust. But the young students, I suppose, although they hear that, they're, they're sort of sitting there thinking, well, I know everyone wants me to do the degree, but what's in it for me? Well, look, thanks, Bernadette. Right. This has been very helpful. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can see why you're on the radio so much. <laughs> your, your enthusiasm is uh, contagious. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Good to talk. Yeah, you too. Thanks very much, Steve. Thanks a lot. You have a nice evening. Thank you. You too. Bye. And thanks, Bernadette. Unfortunately, I can't write up a PhD thesis based on one interview with a physics graduate from Queensland. But this discussion has got me thinking that if we want more STEM graduates, maybe we need more STEM teachers who, it's worth noting, also themselves need to be STEM graduates. And even then, if we want more people studying STEM degrees, maybe we need to get better at telling them what jobs will be available for them at the other end. And the whole question as to why they should go and study overseas, well, to answer that, I'll need to talk to another STEM graduate. Steve Nellick, PhD candidate. And yes, that is a hint. Please email me if you want to be involved here, and if you're A, a recent STEM graduate, B, a STEM student expecting to study overseas in the near future, or even C, an employer who recently stared out the window and thought, you know, what I really need is one of those STEM graduates, maybe even one who went and studied overseas.